0: so exodus chapter three the burning bush what does it mean what is it about and why is it going to help us um we're all feeling a bit frail at the moment some of us are looking particularly frail but um i remember in well i don't remember i've seen it since because i was young at the time i remember margaret thatcher's funeral the bishop of london said when he was next to her coffin lying here she is one of us subject to the common destiny of us all and what they were saying uh, children and adults what he was saying was at the end of the day who whatever our jobs were or our status on earth we can get wiped out and we can die and death is really the great leveler of everyone it just makes us all equal in the end Because we're all just humans. And if we are feeling frail, looking it, feeling it, if we're anxious, if we're finding it tough at the moment, if we've fallen into like deathly habits of sin and we're just not living like we feel we should be in the image of Jesus... As Children trying to obey parents and doing homeschooling as parents or adults or grandparents just trying to get through the day in the image of the Lord doing good works for the kingdom of God or just resting in God. Exodus 3 has got some really helpful stuff here. Um, We're going to see now how the Lord can help in all of our situations. Um, And It's good to listen now, children, particularly, because even though you might think, oh, today's fine. Actually, there might be a day around the corner where it is going to be a tough day. and We're going to need to know how the Lord can help us. So let's learn it now and get ready for that coming time. Exodus means way out the way out. And this book is a rescue book now. Uh, Who's your favourite hero who rescues people? Maybe draw a picture of your favourite hero. Um, I remember when Rita went away for a weekend. um, And I was left alone with a dog. And um, I forgot to feed the dog from (laughs) Friday to Monday. Just didn't occur to me that she might need food. And then... Come like Monday morning when she was like pouring up my legs in sort of desperate need, it suddenly clicked. So I rang Rita and I was like, was I supposed to be feeding the dog this week? Anyway, Rita came home and rescued the dog by feeding the dog and being the proper owner that dogs deserve to have. A rescue story, a way out of starvation for my dog. Um, On a more serious note, we're in church when we gather back, gonna be hearing about a work that goes on in Cardiff from my friend, Di. He runs this coffee company up on the screen. Well, he actually helps and he set up an organization which helps rescue people from slavery being mistreated and abused by people. And he gets them employed and helps them get back on their feet and they make coffee and churches buy this coffee and it funds them and gives them money. It's an amazing thing. Modern day rescue stories. Rescuing. Well, the ancient church, our great, 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 church forefathers that we're reading about needed rescuing. They were being attacked by nasty, people in Egypt and the Lord brings them out and he brings them to the promised land which is like a picture of heaven and it's Jesus that rescues the people out of Egypt and all the way through the Bible after it happens the Bible uses Egypt as a picture of being rescued from anything rescued from our sin the Bible might call it you were rescued from Egypt where you were like enslaved by sin and godlessness but you've been rescued now or addictions or decay or burdens or worries or death it's like this nasty egyptian slavery on us that we need rescuing from and that's what exodus is about right so moses he's off out the scene at the minute church they're getting an absolute pasting it's Oppression and slavery and anxiety and brutality. But God in Genesis 15 has made a promise that he's going to look after the church. And he's promised that he's going to rescue them from their suffering. And so God comes down to be with his church in their difficulties. And here we get to Exodus chapter three, verse two. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of a fire from within a bush. But the bush did not burn up. Here's a question for everybody. Why did the bush that the angel of the Lord came and sort of lived in for a bit? Why did it not burn up? The answer is because it's a picture of the suffering of church, of God's people. Now, children, I'm going to test you on this one day. God's people in the Bible are often described as plants, vines, branches, trees, trees, So bear that in mind, that's church. Maybe put church, the word church now, above that bush you've drawn. And in five other books of the Bible, when church suffers, it's called, it describes their suffering as a furnace. A fire, a furnace of affliction, a furnace of difficulties, a fire surrounding church. So now we've got God coming down. And literally staying in the middle of church as it's being afflicted like fire from the Egyptians and their slave keeping. So this is the Lord Jesus saying, when my people are suffering on planet Earth, I will come and be with them in it. And the point of me coming in there with it is to bring them out again. And here's verse 12 by the way i'll just read it because i didn't put it up on the screen and god said i will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is i who have sent you when you have brought the people out of egypt you will worship god on this mountain you're coming out i'm bringing you out to worship my father says the lord on the mountain 13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you tell the church. The I am has sent me to you. Children, what's the name of the angel and the Lord in the bush? I am. Now that name, I am, is if you squash this old word Yahweh together, it basically means I am. It says I am. And that's the word for God. I just am. I am. So we're dealing here with the living God, and He's not a distant God who doesn't care about what we go through each and every day. Um These words are said by the Son of God in the middle of church, having a difficult day, a super difficult day. Now, Moses saw the Son of God in a bush. Not too long after, even more people saw the Son of God on a cross. Children at Christmas. What's so special about Christmas? It's not that we get Super Mario, although that is cool Because Mario is a legend and a hero in of sorts in and of himself but at Christmas the Son of God is born and He's given the name Jesus Jesus which means the Lord to the rescue So there's the Lord again, doing it again. He was in a bush. Now he's been born of Mary and he entered planet Earth and went through everything church goes through and more. And he can befriend us in it, take us out from it soon or maybe later, whenever he wants. We just trust him and he leads us to get to know the God, the Father God. That he loved so dearly, and eventually he's going to lead us to a place where nasty things aren't, where there's no sin, suffering decay, or death and here's the amazing thing that same Jesus went under the furnace of God's anger, because God is so angry at sin, and when Jesus puts our sins on him like a coat. He went on to the cross and just put it on him like this invisible coat. God became so angry at the sins on Jesus. He punished Jesus. And Jesus endured that furnace for us. The punishment for rejecting God. Um, An interesting thought I had this week. I reckon about 90% of my misery is self-inflicted. Like I go in a sinful, bad mood or selfish or I'm not as servant-hearted as I should be towards my loved ones or uh, the Lord Jesus. Honestly, it's about 90%. Uh, It's just my sin. And it's even that sort of stuff Jesus comes along with me in and he's like, come on, I've offered a sacrifice for that stuff. Come out of it. Become more like me. The I am. He even says that, doesn't he? I am. Before Abraham existed, I am. That's what Jesus said. It's him in the bush. It's the living God himself, Jesus. He gave himself for us. This is our God. He is a shepherd. He is light. He is truth. He is bread for us to feed on and learn from every day. So I'm going to close with this, Exodus chapter three, the bush which isn't burned up, means uh, one of two things for absolutely everybody listening. Number one, it's possible to worship God this morning in your troubled lives, with your troubled minds, with our complex lives, cause we now know that he knows what it's like to go through a furnace. So we can talk to him about it and ask him to lead us in it we can even feel like he's brought us out of it even though we're still in it he can teach us so much in it it also means this if you've never met the living god yet it is possible right now for this same lord to come down to you in your spirit in your heart by his holy spirit to bring you and us out of sin Bondage to self, self-obsession, inability to rise higher than just us and our stuff on planet Earth. He can bring us up to worship him right now. A friend of mine once spoke to an atheist. That means someone who doesn't think there's a God. Crackers, isn't it, children? And um, he asked him, what would it take you to believe that there's a God? And... um the guy said, he would need a burning bush experience. And my friend replied, well, what would that look like in modern day times? And this guy said, if the skies, sorry, if the stars in the sky rearranged themselves to spell out the 10 commandments, then I would believe. My friend replied, what a horrible miracle that would be. What a horrible God that would be. A dazzling display of power above us where he's simply commanding us to obey. That is not what the burning bush experience was all about. The burning bush shows us a very different display of divine power. A Jesus-esque Display of divine power The God of Exodus doesn't dazzle us with displays of power above us Our God comes down into the furnace of life To be with us to carry us out and this God the God of the cross Who doesn't dazzle us with heavenly visions above he shows himself By coming down to every one of the listeners right now, youngest to the oldest, to join us in our lives to save us. So come young and old yet again to a new vision of Jesus for the rest of our evening and night and tomorrow as he guides us through the paths of life, making us more like himself along the way. Prepping us for that great day where we behold the Father once and forevermore in glory everlasting. All right, children, all of that, shove it on artwork. Send it in. I'd like to see what you've done. We're going to close now, as ever, by saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth not up there at the moment come down as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom the power and the glory for ever. amen Thank you for joining the Park End service. We're back at 9pm on this same channel where we're reading through the whole Bible together. It's an awesome hour. If you can't make it, the Lord bless you for the rest of the night and for tomorrow. If you need anything, please drop us an email as a church. The Lord bless you. Amen.